Hello everyone, it's Colin Ellis here. Welcome to another Culture Coffee Podcast for Monday the 20th of February 2023. February already. Um, motoring along here, getting stuck in. Now, I had a question from Victor who asked, do you pre-record your podcast? So the answer to that, Victor, is generally no. So generally no, which is... Sounds like a politician's answer, doesn't it? Um, but if I'm in somewhere interesting and it doesn't exactly line up with a podcast day like today, then uh, I'll always take the time to pre-record and bring, uh, I suppose bring you uh, uh, insights from a coffee place that isn't Melbourne, even though Melbourne does the best coffee in the world, and I won't have any arguments on that from anybody. Um, it's just nice when I travel just to I change it up a little bit. So today I'm in Amsterdam, uh, which is absolutely freezing cold. I went from summer in Melbourne to Amsterdam. I'm here to do a, uh, a talk. I did a talk um, yesterday on uh, the realities of, of hybrid working. And the reality, it, it's interesting actually. I, should probably, I probably have done a podcast on this. But, you know... The, the nature of the presentations and the event that I was speaking at is a Cisco event as an IT company and they're very much talking about how technology can transform the way that we think about where you work and the events are absolutely incredible and the technology is incredible and yet, and yet when I talked to people, which I did prior to the speech the realities for them with hybrid working has got absolutely nothing to do with technology and the speeches that I do are always well received because they're honest and I know that sounds a bit ridiculous like well why would you lie which I wouldn't of course I wouldn't but they're honest in, in the sense of the pe- things that people have to deal with you know th- I, I saw this great presentation from a guy who was demonstrating how the camera on a device can move and when there's three people in the room it can split into three you know and, and my immediate question is yeah what if one person didn't want their camera on <laughs> and that's the reality for most people it's why hasn't you got his camera on so uh, yeah I really enjoyed the, the speech so anyway back to where I am so I'm in I'm about 20 minute walk from the centre of Amsterdam. It's always good to get out of the centre of Amsterdam. Um, you know, it's, it's it's just one of those places, you know, I, uh, like it's beautiful and obviously it's got incredible history and I've seen a lot of hardship over the years. Um, it's just a little bit seedy, if I'm honest, in the centre. It's just a little bit seedy, but as soon as you get out, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, so I'm on a street called Elangskracht at a coffee place called Rumbaba and I'm having a pour over and having a um, Colombian, I think it's Colombian, it's Colombian, yeah it's a Colombian pour over, a Johan Vergara pour over uh, which is delicious and I was talking to the barista beforehand as he was grinding the beans and uh, he was telling me a little bit about the, the fermentation process um, so fermentation is basically, you know, uh, when sugar and water meet, I suppose. So for this particular process, what they do is they lay the coffee. After they've been picked, they lay the coffee cherries out in a tank and cover them with water. But 
the interesting thing about fermentation is you can't leave it too long. You can't, you know, it, 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 there's a real art and a skill to it, of course. Anyway, so Johan Vergara, um, just going to taste this. Oh, wow, that's got a whack. Do I say that all the time? I don't know if I say that. I don't know, it's one of those things where he's like, oh, he always says, oh, wow. I didn't say, oh, wow, for that coffee I had in Perth to start the year. Um, that's like a very sweet plum pudding. That is lovely. That's really nice. Um, today I'm going to talk about... Okay, so apologies if there's too much noise in the background. I just like capturing the noise of the coffee shop. And my phone told me it was zero degrees outside this morning and it felt it. It felt like it was zero degrees centigrade, not Fahrenheit in America. Um, absolutely freezing. And I head back to Melbourne today where uh, today's temperature will be 32 degrees. So uh, there's tomorrow's temperature so it's be quite a culture shock. Anyway, going to talk about humility today. For me, humility is one of the skills that leaders possess and I was joking about this last night um, uh, with somebody at, at, at an event and I was talking about you know culture obviously that's what I'm here to do and he was saying well how you know, what are some ways I can elevate my culture and I was like you know take pride in what you're doing with these things but I said you know put yourself forward for an award if you're doing some really different stuff put yourself forward for an award and he laughed I'm like, what's funny about putting yourself forward for a word? It's just like, oh, I just would never do that. I would never think to do that. He's like, oh, it just feels wrong to put yourself out there like that. Now, in my opinion, if you're doing great stuff, then why not be recognised for it? Why not give your team that sense of pride, give that sense of something to aim for, and put yourself forward for an award? And he said, doesn't that approach lack humility? And I said, no, it doesn't. As I, if anything, it promotes team bonding, togetherness, a sense of belonging. As like it only lacks humility when you put put a post on LinkedIn saying I'm really humble to receive this award. It, it makes me laugh every time I see that. It's like I'm really humble. It's like, but you're not really, are you? Because you posted about it on LinkedIn. Like if someone else posted about it on LinkedIn and you want to say, jump in and go, oh, thanks so much, yes, I'm hoping yeah, it's different. But if you're posting about it yourself, you're not really that humble, are you? So, um, <laughs> so it's like those people that talk about their uh, achievements all of the time. They're the people that lack humility. So, um, so what is humility? I suppose stripping it down to its basics and you know me that's what I do it's it's kind of you knowing and believing that you're no more or less important than anybody else it doesn't mean that you lack pride in yourself um, it, it, it just means that you understand that you're not and never will be the finished article. Um, I, for me, I like, to, I like to try again with all of these things, right? Yeah? When you have an awareness of the qualities, I think that gives you something to aim for. And it's not like I'm thinking about this all of the time, I'm really not. Uh, it's not like I'm consumed by which leadership quality should I show while I'm walking down the street, you know, doing my humble strut as I walk down. 
Uh, Self-deprecation, I think, is the one that I use, and that, you know, that's the that's a quality of where I'm from. You know, uh, the Brits are very good at self-deprecation. Also, you know, kind of where I'm from in, in, in terms of Liverpool. If you're not self-deprecating, people will do it for you, which is nice. Um, so yeah, that's what humility is, that sense of, of you, you kind of know that you've got flaws, you, you know that you're no better than anybody else, but you're still trying to you know, kind of do your best and get by in the world and all of those things. There's a quote by the author C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, yeah? You with me? Yeah, that one. He uh, said that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, which is, which is humility in a, in a nutshell, really. So, yes, you are pride. Uh, yes, you're thinking about how you can better yourself as a human being, but you're not consumed by thought of yourself, if that makes sense. Uh, now, now, how does humility uh, spot itself? Or how do you spot humility? Well, th- th- these are the people who never put themselves out there. I think sometimes... And I've definitely been in the room when I was an employee where people have said, oh, you need to talk more about what you do. And, and there's two issues there. Firstly, partly a personality issue. Maybe people don't want to speak up and talk about that stuff. And secondly, you know, there's a real weariness from people to do that because it'll come across that they lack humility. It's just like, oh, my God, listen to this guy, you know. And whilst there are other people who love talking about how great they are. Yeah, do you know that person? <gasps> and they sat next to you in the car. Shh, don't look at them. Don't, don't. They love talking about how amazing they are. Like, listen, we all have those moments when look what I've done. And I think when you're with your partner, it's slightly different, especially if they give you no credit for anything that you do. <laughs> so what you want is a little bit of a celebration of something that, that you've achieved. Uh, but there are those people that love to, when I was here, I did this. When we did it, we did it. And I think the use of we um, is what you're looking for rather than I. I. I saw an interview with a football manager at the end of last year who, who lost his job about a month ago. And I kind of knew that he would. Because when he was interviewed, and it was an hour-long interview, all he did was talk about himself. And all he did was talk about what he was doing. And his achievements. That was it. And I thought, yeah, that's not going to come well, come across well in a team. So as a manager, you've really got to think about this. Um, as someone who manages people, as an employee, you've got to think about it as well. But definitely as a manager, because, uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're thinking about the collective, not just about yourself. You want to make sure that you're... If you have a story to tell that you feel would be of motivational or inspirational benefit to the team, that's fabulous, but give others the opportunity to share their story. Don't just keep the stage for yourself. Right, that's what people with humility do. They say, oh, here's, here's something that I learned, or here's something that me and my team achieved. Right, let's go around the room and let's find out what, what um, everybody else does. And, and, and what you want is that sense of adequacy. We don't use that word very often, adequacy. We use inadequate, but not adequate. Um, and, and for me, adequacy is where you're kind of saying, listen, we're all on a, an equal footing, we're all on a level footing, uh, and 
what you want to do is is draw stories out that serve as an inspiration uh, for others. Um, like I said, there are some people who are a bit more introverted who won't naturally uh, speak up, and so you've got to help them, you've got to create the, the environment to do so. But it is good to talk about success if it can be used as a motivation for others. I think the other thing about humility, um, and, and one of the real qualities for me, and, and I suppose humble people, is, is they know how to apologise. They know you know, kind of when to say sorry and how to say sorry. And, and you know, it's a bit part of humility because, because they recognise they haven't got all of the answers all the time. They, 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 they recognise that. And what they want to do is to make sure that they, they constantly are thinking about, you know, kind of how they can improve. And that means saying sorry. I remember reading a book by, um, what was his name? Marshall Goldsmith, what got you here won't get you there. It's a, it's a phrase that you hear all of the time, but Marshall Goldsmith wrote the book, oh gosh, it must be about 30 or 40 years ago now. And in the book he said, and I'm paraphrasing now, he said the refusal to express regrets is one of the top flaws performed by one person to another. And I, and I would agree with that. Uh, because our actions, our words as humans have an impact on other people. And, and in those scenarios, what other humans are looking for when you've made a mistake because you're human, is what, what people are looking for is a reset. They want a bit of a reset to say, kind of, all right, well, you know, you got that wrong. I want to hear a little bit of remorse from you, uh, a little bit of humility, yeah, so that sense of you, you you're human so that we can move on. Now, you don't have to be super vulnerable. All right, so there's a, a difference between kind of humility and vulnerability. Like I said, you know, humility is um, very much speaks to you understanding yourself. It, 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 it speaks to um, not kind of putting yourself on a pedestal and saying that you're better than everyone else. Where, where vulnerability is, is much more about sharing elements of you, sharing elements of your um, story, that sense of your, you're exposing your feelings a little bit more, uh, if that makes sense. You know, one, you know, one guy, I heard one guy talk about it and he said, oh, it, you, you put your emotions out there, which I guess is kind of right when we're talking about vulnerability. There are people way more qualified to speak about it than me. Um, but you do, you want to, coming back to, to, to the point, you want to do a bit of a reset and, and get to the point where we apologise. Now for me, you know, kind of saying sorry is a five-step process. And I think it's useful to think of it in this way, not that you're going to write these things down and then wield it out every time you need to. You know what? You might do. Who am I to tell you what to do? You can do whatever you want. Um, so it's a five-step process. And the first, the first step is, is just to apologise. So if you made a mistake, or if you'd said something you shouldn't have, or if you've done something you shouldn't have, then you need to say sorry as soon as you can. Like, immediately in the moment, you have to say sorry right there in the game. Now, if, it, it, if, if, there was, if there was a 
a reason behind it. I think people want to understand why you did what you did or why you said what you did. Then the second step is to kind of articulate what happened, but but making sure that you don't blame the other person. I, you know, I'd say I used to see this at work sometimes. Like, oh, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I snapped at you. But and then as soon as you hear a but, they're like, hang on a minute, this is not an apology. What they're going to do is they tell the other person they were at blame for pointing something out or doing something, you know. So, um, so that's the second step is to explain what happened. The third thing is to acknowledge that you know you understand how you know you made them feel, and you know, and if at that point they want to share that, that's fine, and you create the space to listen. Yeah, you want to make sure that, that you, you know, say, listen, I'm really, really sorry. I know, you know words could be hurtful. I don't, I'm making up a scenario here. Words could be hurtful. And, and it's not my, it, it's never my intention to, to make you feel any form of anger. It's not my intention to belittle you. Whatever it is that you've done. Because you, know, you want to demonstrate that you are human and you recognise their own humanity as well. You've got a bit of empathy. That's the third step, is acknowledge. The fourth step is apologise again. So then repeat your apology and promise you won't make the same mistake again. And you've really got to learn and make sure you don't do it again. Otherwise, it's called a hollow apology. When you apologise but you weren't prepared to learn. And then the last thing is to advance and move on. Because if you keep apologising, you're just going to make things worse. Now, of course... I'm talking about in a work context here, and most of the apologies that you're going to give in a work context are for things that you said, things that you did that aren't that great. Obviously, if it's something much bigger, it's not a five-step process. It could be a five-year process. Uh, but but I, I like to think of it as the five A's of, of, of apologising. And for me, this is a real grounding in humility. So the five steps are apologise, articulate, acknowledge, apologise again, advance. And at that point, you're going to move on. So I've, I've written an example here. I just thought I'd write an example um, just to, to kind of give you a bit of a flow. So you might say something like, Peter, I'm terribly sorry. I had assumed you'd been fully briefed on this project, given that your area would be most effective, and that none of what I had to say would be new to you. I can imagine how upset you feel finding out in this way. I'd never have spoken about this had I known and I can't apologise enough. I'll speak with your line manager to explain what's happened and we'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. I'll move on. So that's the five-step process. Uh, I always think as well, when you're thinking about how you would apologise, and empathy is key here, how, how would it feel being on the other side of the apology? You know, if, if, you, if you were the person on the receiving end, would you believe it? Does it, does it feel human? Um, because if it doesn't, you've done it wrong and you've done it badly. And don't apologise just for the sake of it. And don't be just like, yeah, I'm sorry, and expect everybody to move on. Now, if you're on the receiving end of an apology and people have done it properly, then you need to let it go and move on again. Talking about small things, here. talking about small work things here, not big things, you know. Well, he stole my car. All right, well, it's something more, more to it than that. It's not just the five A's there. You've abused the trust, and that's a whole other podcast which I probably already do. So, um, yeah. So, you know, put yourself in the toilet. Does it? Does it? Does it feel appropriate? 
does it feel right? And then if you're on the receiving end, then you accept the apology and move on. The nature of human beings is that we get things wrong from time to time. You know, what good leaders do is demonstrate humility. They, they demonstrate that sense of humanity. They're not, they, they, they recognize that they're no more or less better than anybody else. You know, I like, the, you know, for me, I like to think of it as everyone's just trying to do their best. Everyone is trying to find their way in the world. Everyone's trying to earn a way to go on holiday to spend some time with the people that they love, which isn't you, I'm sorry. Um, it's to spend some time with people that they love, uh, so they can have a little bit of a reset and then go again, and you know, kind of, we're all here, and, you know, we're all sons, daughters, fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, we're all, unless you're a dog, and it's because you're a dog you're listening to this. Um, we're all, we're all trying to find our way in the world, so if you think the best of people, I think that's naturally what you'll get back. Anyway, time for me to head out back on the streets again, Amsterdam, pack my case and head home. I hope you've enjoyed today's Culture and Coffee podcast. Yeah. Traffic.